You're listening to CE Sports. I'm your host, Christian Esparza. Let's jump right in. Big, big, big news this morning surrounding one of the biggest storylines of the entire NFL offseason. Today, Ian Rappaport tweeted out that Aaron Rodgers has indicated to people close to him that he does, in fact, plan on playing in Green Bay for the 2021 season. On top of that, Adam Schefter reported that Rodgers and Green Bay are working on a new contract that will essentially give Aaron Rodgers the chance to choose his fate after this season. Nothing is done yet, but it is being worked on. So, huge bomb this morning. Uh, If you remember, a couple weeks ago I brought up Aaron Rodgers. I said one of three things were going to happen to him. Number one, he'd be traded. Number two, he would sit out. Or number three, he would return for a year. Him returning did always kind of seem the most likely, um, but now that it now that it's happened, it's like, okay, now what? Does this really work out in Green Bay's favor? Because now Aaron Rodgers is back in Green Bay, and then do we expect the locker room to be behind him? We expect all the Packers fans that hated him and wanted him gone, we expect them to just accept it and cheer him on for a new year, knowing he's just going to be gone next summer. So... That, that's the part that I'm struggling with. That's what I don't get. It's been such a long offseason, and it's kind of clear this wasn't his decision all along because he had so many opportunities to put out the flames, to deny the rumors, but he never did. So to me, that makes it seem like this was his backup plan. He was just going to play coy, see if anything happened by chance. If he got traded, great. If not, sure, I'll come back for a year and play. But you know, that that was his backup plan. That's not what he wanted initially, but it's better than being stuck in Green Bay forever. But then you look at how this affects the Packers. Say they did trade him this year, and they could have added, at the very least, an extra two first-round picks and a player. At the very least. Now, he's most likely gone after next year, and now it's probably going to be close to nothing because it's looking like it's just going to be an opt-out of a contract. So, Green Bay gets him back, and for what? Can they reach the level of play that they were at last year? Uh, They reached the NFC Championship game. Maybe could have went to the Super Bowl if it wasn't for some key plays. But no, I don't think they reached that anymore. There's no possible way that every player in that locker room is ready to ride or die for Aaron Rodgers. Not anymore. So sure, Green Bay gets the farewell tour. They get him for another year. But in the long run, it looks like Green Bay's losing this. To me, I don't... Like, obviously it sucks that Aaron Rodgers is leaving. Whether it's this year or next year, it's not a good situation. But you got to look at what's best long-term for the franchise. Have him leave this year, but you get some extra picks, maybe another player or two, or have him leave next offseason for nothing. And it's like, (laughs) I don't get how this works out for the Packers at all. Um, I think they're, they're holding on to any slim chance that maybe... Maybe they can run it back this year with Aaron Rodgers. Maybe they can convince him and Devontae Adams to stay. I, I don't know. But that just seems like such a small chance right now. I don't I don't get what Green Bay's doing, really. But let's take a look at how this affects, you know, another organization. There's another team that was really, really heavily impacted by this, and that's the Denver Broncos. Aaron Rodgers was connected to the Broncos all offseason, and so many fans, including myself, were convinced that Denver was going to land the reigning MVP and win the Super Bowl this year. So, with Rodgers now out of the picture, 
we come spiraling back down to reality where it's Drew Locke versus Teddy Bridgewater. Not very exciting. Let's take a look at what this means now for the Broncos. The reason they were so heavily connected to Aaron Rodgers is obviously they have a great roster that's ready to compete. That There's no doubt about it. Great young receivers in Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. They have a young tight end ready to break out. They have a pair of good running backs. Uh, the offensive line isn't too bad. On defense, they're bringing out one of the best secondaries in the entire league. They have a great pass rush duo. Uh, they're going to be pressuring the quarterback all day long. Aaron Rodgers presumably would have put this team over the top and into contention, but now it's back to reality, back back to what we have. And that is Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. Drew Locke, obviously, he's got an arm, but he's yet to put the, the mental aspect together on the field. Dumb decisions, you know, played a big part in him leading the league in interceptions last year. So it's like, great. Everybody always talks about his potential, but what are the chances of him actually reaching that quote-unquote potential just because he can throw the ball pretty far? Like, you look at Josh Allen, and that's who lots of Drew Locke hopefuls compare Drew Locke to is Josh Allen because his first couple years in the league, he was towards the bottom in completion percentage. He wasn't very good, but he could throw the ball. And the chances of him turning it around last year and becoming, you know, a top five quarterback all of a sudden, those odds were so slim that it's practically never going to happen again. But that's what people are holding on to with Drew Locke. But again, you got to remind yourself the chances of that happening are just so slim that it's it's almost painful to to want to hold out for. But then on the other side, you have Teddy Bridgewater, and he's almost the exact opposite. He doesn't have the big arm to make these highlight plays, and, and he knows that. Instead, he relies on his accuracy. He's more get the ball to his receivers, get the ball in their hands safely, and let them make the plays. So two very, very different types of players. And now that we know what's going on, we have training camp coming up soon, and it's it's time to pick sides. It's Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke, and I'm going to be pulling for Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Two Gloves, okay? He led Minnesota to the playoffs in his younger days before he hurt his knee. And then, you know, he ended up in New Orleans. He had that five-game stretch. He went 5-0, and and he reminded the world that, hey, he can win games if he has the right pieces. Admittedly, you look at Carolina. It wasn't great. They won like four games. But you have to look a little deeper and realize that the defense that they had over there was not very good. And Denver's defense that they're bringing in this year, they're going to be really, really good. So it's it's hard to say, but I think looking at this team, barring injury, their floor is seven wins, really. That's honestly not a very good place to be because they wouldn't be in the playoffs, but that's their floor, okay? At the very least, they are going to win seven games. Their ceiling, though, I honestly think is about 11 or 12 wins, which I think is very attainable. That would put them in the playoffs this year and keep them relevant. Um, it's a it's a super key year, though. It's important because they have a lot of free agents after the 2021 season. Look at all these names. Vaughn Miller, Malik Reed, Corlin Sutton, Melvin Gordon, Kareem Jackson, Kyle Fuller, Bryce Callahan... Uh, those are the biggest ones. So if Denver does flop, so what? Then they can just bite the bullet and enter full rebuild mode instead of trying to tough it out like they have been. Let all these guys hit the market and just focus on the future. 
it it sucks but if if it doesn't work out for denver this year a rebuild is what they need because i'm sick of being in this middle ground it's time that they commit to something but again this is worst case scenario if either bridgewater or Locke does succeed then that's great obviously because then you go into next offseason and they have the cap space to bring back obviously not everybody but most of those guys then they're gonna have you know the guys that they can't bring back they've got lots of young young players ready to come in and start hopefully like javante williams patrick sertan uh plus then there's the option of pursuing aaron Rodgers in free agency next year so that remains to be seen um this is again this is just a super important season for denver I really, really think that they have potential, but it's just a matter of which guy can put it together for this team. And again, I think that is Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, he has the leadership. He's been there. He has the experience. But most importantly, he has the mental aspect. And given the rest of this roster that Denver has right now, they're not going to be needing highlight, you know, one in a million plays from a quarterback. You don't need huge plays. You just need somebody who can piece drives together and put points up on the board. Um, it's not going to be super exciting to watch, but it, it's better than you know Trevor Simeon versus Paxton Lynch. Okay, I, I think Teddy Bridgewater can put it together and take advantage of these weapons. So, with training with training camp around the corner, I'm excited to see what happens, to say the least. Now, on to other quarterback news. Deshaun Watson he decided to attend. Houston Texans training camp. He does remain adamant about wanting to be traded, and now the Texans have revealed that they are willing to listen to offers from other teams. Still, though, obviously nothing is going to happen until we have clarity surrounding the 22 accusations against him. This morning, though, Mike Garofolo brought up a really interesting point about this. Uh, so if, if Deshaun Watson is there at the training camp, but he wants to be traded, and then Houston is open to trading him, who's going to be taking the first team reps during training camp? Wouldn't it be smart to have Tyrod Taylor step in, prepare with the rest of the first team offense and all that kind of stuff? But then if that happens, do you have Deshaun Watson be with the second team? Like, that's just something to think about. It's something I'm really curious to see how they handle over the next couple days, but that's a, a bit of an interesting situation over in Houston. Uh, one important thing to point out about this situation, though, is that Watson could presumably end all of this with a settlement of some sort, but he hasn't. Instead, he is committed to clearing his name and proving his innocence. So I'm not picking sides or saying that he's guilty or innocent, but I do think it's interesting uh, to keep this in mind. In other words, Deshaun Watson is willing to let this investigation continue even though it's kind of putting a hamper on his trade he's willing to let this continue because he feels he's innocent he feels he didn't do anything wrong so whether he really is innocent or he just has some huge misunderstanding of what consent is that remains to be seen but again he is so adamant that he did nothing wrong and he wants to prove that so that's why a settlement hasn't been reached yet um, regardless, like I said, nothing is going to happen until something is taken care of. But when things do heat up, I've heard Miami and Philadelphia being the two teams that would be willing to pursue Watson right now. With Denver, there are still mixed signals because of ownership and all that. And that makes sense. They're not going to come and commit to a guy 
for 10 to 15 years. A guy's not going to want to commit to them for 10 to 15 years if this whole ownership situation is in limbo. So right now, I think Denver is out of the Deshaun Watson race. But again, that could change within the coming months uh, or whether it's a whole nother year. It, It could change. So it's fluid. But Deshaun Watson's case will be the one to watch as training camp rolls up now with the whole Aaron Rodgers thing being taken care of. Over to the NBA, uh, teams are already starting to make moves ahead of the 2021 draft. Today, the Memphis Grizzlies and New Orleans Pelicans agreed upon a deal, and it sends Jonas Valanciunas picks 17 and 51 to New Orleans in exchange for Eric Bledsoe, Stephen Adams, and picks 10 and 40. So for Memphis, losing Valanciunas kind of stings a little bit, but they add a top 10 pick and. With this, I think they're going to be trying to add a sharpshooter to come in and help John Morant with scoring and stuff like that. Bledsoe, he might just be a trade chip that they can use down the road, but at the very least, if they do hold on to him, he's a good slasher and he's a good defender too. The Pelicans, they add Valanchunas. He offers a little bit more than Steven Adams offensively, and that's going to be huge as they continue to build around Zion. I think it's a win-win for both sides, but right now, Memphis looks like the big er winner. It kind of depends on who they draft, but again, I do think they're going to go after some guy who can come in and knock down threes because right now that's that's not really John Morant's uh, strong ability. Eric Bledsoe can't really shoot threes. They need somebody who can come in and be just a reliable three-point threat, whether that's in the starting lineup or off the bench. So that's what they're going to be trying to do with that number 10 pick. Really, though, I think it's an amazing trade by the Grizzlies. Uh, Adding a top 10 pick, not only come in and shoot threes, but it's just amazing roster building by the Grizzlies. And they've been doing this well for a couple years now. Um, (laughs) When they played the Jazz, like that's all lots of people wanted to talk about was how good this young Grizzlies team was. And now they add a top 10 pick to bring another core piece in and help build this roster for contention in in the future. I think within like three to five years, this Grizzlies team is going to be scary good, especially if John Morant can keep improving. Uh, they're going to have something good going on over there. For New Orleans, um, we'll see if they can continue to make the right moves. There's been a little bit of chatter about maybe trading Brandon Ingram. Uh, Lonzo Ball, he's a free agent, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm not sure what New Orleans is doing. So Obviously, there were those rumors earlier in the year. Zion's kind of upset because he feels the Pelicans haven't been making the right moves, but what do you expect going first overall to the worst team in the league at the time? So, I don't know. That remains to be seen. Grizzlies are winners. Pelicans, winners for now, but we'll see how it turns out. But The draft, nevertheless, is this coming Thursday, and I'm super excited to see what happens. Uh, I'll cover that more in a later episode. But that's it for today. So, until then, this is CE Sports. Thank you so much for listening.